1864, and Washington, D.C. is settling down to the coldest Christmas Eve in years. In the White House, President and Mrs. Lincoln are planning their gift-giving, while on the banks of the Potomac, a young rebel soldier asks for mercy from a Union blacksmith. And in a downtown alley, Hannah, an escaped enslaved woman, searches for her daughter after sending her off to discover freedom. Along with the sounds of holiday music, marches, hymns, and spirituals, A Civil War Christmas by Pulitzer Prize-winning author Paula Vogel weaves together multiple stories from one of the darkest moments of our nation's history to create a story of hope, peace, and resilience. The New York Times said of it, Ms. Vogel manages to humanize her many characters in a few crisp strokes of dialogue, so they come across as full-blooded people glimpsed clearly. While Variety called it, a rich and moving play with music. A Civil War Christmas taps into seasonal themes of redemption, forgiveness, and community with a decidedly American bent. This is WDIY 88.1 Lehigh Valley Public Radio, and you are tuned in to Lehigh Valley Arts Salon. I remain Kate Scuffle, your host, and this evening I'm talking with Paris Creighton III, the director of A Civil War Christmas at DeSales University, and Anne Lewis, head of the Division of Performing Arts at DeSales. Welcome, Paris, and welcome, Anne. Well, hi, Kate. Nice to meet you. It's great to have you on board with us here on the show tonight. I was just struck. um, I have been aware of of Vogel's piece and been fascinated by it from afar and was thrilled when I picked up a postcard for the production. I'm just thrilled. I'm curious, what drew you to it? What what made it seem like the choice for this holiday season at the sales for Act One? We chose this play because we thought it was something different. You know, the Christmas slot is you know, tends to be an Ebenezer Scrooge extravaganza. Right. So we were trying to break through that. And we were also trying to break through to have something that would have music in it and have a good-sized cast. And, and this show just fit the bill for our students, you know, and our student population. Yeah, it's a refreshingly, it was one of the things I was fascinated by, a refreshingly different choice um, and rich storytelling, it sounds like. And the Civil War is an interesting time in our own history to be kind of touching base with this as a, as a springboard for the story, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> and Paula Vogel is such an accomplished and powerful playwright. It sounds as though what the piece does is take us, it's the Civil War, but we're also meeting these individuals. It's storytelling, which is what, of course, theater does best. Could you talk a little bit about why this, what you feel this, the takeaway on the Civil War is in the piece? Why does it speak to our moment now and, and perhaps in the way that Bogle was, was addressing it? Yeah, well, just as you mentioned in the description of the, the play, it mm-hmm. manages to humanize everyone. So first of all, it's, it's a big undertaking, this play. There's a cast of 14, and they play 65 different characters. Wow. Within the span of two and a half hours, we get to see the human qualities of each and every character, no matter what side they were fighting for. And the cast and 14 people playing 65 roles, what does that say about the style of the production? How is that? It sounds like it would be really strongly based on the idea of storytelling and, and kind of a little that joy of changing off characters and shifting. How does that feel for the actress? How have the students responded to that? They've taken it head on. I'm, the students at the sales are some of the most talented students I've ever worked with in my entire life. And 
they've taken this challenge just like any other challenge. They're consummate professionals. They're always prepared to play and to work and to just come in and, and discover more each and every day, which has been really exciting to watch. Yeah, because you're already in rehearsal a few weeks now, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, we we are two and a half weeks in, so <laughs> it feels like we just started, but <laughs> we, we're doing really well so far. And what have been some of the discoveries or the surprises or the conversations been like in rehearsal? It's such a fascinating piece. It is. First of all, I think a lot of the conversations have, have shown that we have grown from the moment of the Civil War, you know, we still live in troubling times, but there's something different with the, the younger generation. They get it. They get it more than the older generation get it. And I just turned 39, so when I say older generation, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still young myself. But the students, they, they have a, a different look on life. And it's just great to be in the room with them and just to hear them talk about how life is now. And I do have to ask Anne, because I know, Anne, that you'll be leaving us a little bit early for a class. How do you, I was fascinated kind of going over again, um, doing a little research for the show, the, the vision and the kind of the commitment of the Division of Performing Arts such as sales. How do you feel this play works with that vision? How does it complement to sales work in the community? Well, in the past couple of years, as far as theater and, well, as far as everything goes, our dance department and our TV film department. We have been more looking forward. In other words, doing newer plays, and we still, you know, have very high demands on our students in all three majors. And in theater, you know, it obviously comes down to, you know, what plays that we do. And because, you know, we're we're fortunate now because our population is getting more diverse, which allows us to do other playwrights. And we are at a level now where we have enough students, particularly BIPOC students, where we can do a piece like this and fill those roles adequately and have understudies. And it's very, it's exciting because we get to do newer work. And the nice thing about, you know, doing something like this, it allows us to look inside of other cultures. We were very fortunate. Paris had, you know, a friend who does drumming, and we had them in last night, and it was really beautiful to hear this drum team, man and woman, come in and not only, you know, let the students drum, but it, it was definitely based in West African music and African music, mm-hmm. and which was really neat because, you know, a couple of the students were like, this, we did this when we were kids, <laughs> you know, sitting around in a circle and playing the drums, and it builds a sense of community and a sense of family. And it's really beautiful to watch and to see, and just to see, especially those students who had experienced it as little people, mm-hmm. you know, they just lit up, you know, because they were like, wow, I haven't done this since I was a kid. <laughs> you know, so it was so heartwarming, and I always find it very edifying and, and heartwarming to learn about other cultures and to see how people celebrate family and celebrate each other and celebrate community. And, you know, because every culture does that, but they do it in different ways. And this was particularly moving and fun. So that was a great experience for our students. And I think that our, what we would like, you know, to, for the community to get from DeSales is that, you know, to have different experiences and to know that we're what we're putting out there, we do so with great care, and we do so in that we can all learn 
about the human spirit and about the human condition, and to know that, you know, the Greek premise, right, is that theater is there to entertain, but to learn as well. So we would like to stick with that. And the other thing that we stick with is through, um, was through Father Jerry Schubert, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, you know, giving beauty back to God. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Well, I love the sense that I, I, it must be an amazing journey for the students to work on a piece like this, but that it also felt like to me as a community member, a conversation I'd want to be a part of, just as you're saying, you know, it's, it's just lovely. Yeah. Well, that's the hope, is to invite people, you know, into that kind of conversation. And is this, yeah. uh, just a quick question, because I do notice, um, which is lovely as well, the performances are November 30th to December 11th, but you have a, a streamed, pre-recorded performance. Is this, where are we in tracking for Act One? You've been live together, performing live for audiences for since 2020, 2021? We went live in 2021. That's what I thought. All right, all right. Yeah, in, in August of 2021. Okay. And the stream yeah. pre-recorded performance can be accessed online, obviously, through the, through the website. Our audiences can find it there. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. December 10th. Right. Saturday, December 10th. Thank you, Paris. That is correct, yes. When we're talking about music, we're talking about drumming. What kind of music, what's, what's the variety, what's the reach of music included in the piece? I mean, it is a play with music, an American musical celebration. What kind of music can we expect to hear during the evening? That's you, Paris. Every kind. It's a play that's full of music. Uh, we have hymns and uh, spirituals and Christmas carols, and it's it's all coming together with our amazing musical director, Christina Makowitz. We've added some of our own flair to it. We've changed a few of the arrangements, so it's it's going to be an incredible show. So all the musicians and everything, everything's live. We've got um, vocals, we've got music, we've got the storyline. It sounds like it's an interesting mix of story and Christmas, of course. And when we come back from our break, Paris, if you would, I'd love you to share with our audience some of who we might meet in this evening. Some of the characters, some of those 64, 65 folks that uh, the cast is bringing to us. But for now, you've been listening to Lehigh Valley Art Salon right here on WDIY 88.1. I'm your host, Kate Scuffle, and I'm speaking tonight with director Paris Creighton III and Ann Lewis, head of the Division of Performing Arts at DeSales University, about the upcoming Act One production of A Civil War Christmas by Pulitzer Prize winner Paula Vogel. And we'll be right back after this short break. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. WDIY 88.1 offers many choices and real voices. Folk music, from folk classics to the Gaelic traditions of the British Isles, to bluegrass and old-time music of Appalachia, to the modern-day singer-songwriters telling the story of today's world. You'll find it all here on WDIY. Listen and enjoy the wide variety of folk music every weekday evening, 7 to 9 p.m., just after NPR News Headlines, and Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on 88.1 WDIY and streaming at WDIY.org. 
Welcome back to Lehigh Valley Arts Salon here on WDIY 88.1, Lehigh Valley Public Radio. I'm your host, Kate Scuffle, and tonight we're talking with director Paris Creighton III and Ann Lewis, head of the Division of Performing Arts at DeSales University, about the upcoming DeSales production of A Civil War Christmas by Paula Vogel. Welcome back, guys. Before we went on the break, we were talking a little bit about um, the amazing amount of characters actually involved in the story. Paris, could you tell us a little bit about who we might meet when we come to see A Civil War Christmas, who some of those characters are? Of course. So, of course, we we can't have a civil war without the president of, of that time, Abraham Lincoln. Also, Mary Todd Lincoln has a, a great part in this. And we also met, meet one of Mary Todd Lincoln's closest friends. Her name was Elizabeth Keckley. And this was a woman who whose mother was born into slavery. And Elizabeth Keckley, she learned to, to sew and she learned to use her hands to escape, you know, the imprisonment that slavery held. And she became really good friends with, with Mary Todd Lincoln. Also, John Wilkes Booth. Mm. We get to meet Robert E. Lee and a host of other characters. And once again, the students are playing like six or seven characters each, which is such, such a big thing for any actor to do, let alone a college student. But an amazing experience for a college student, and it seems like a, a, a wonderful challenge for them. Are, are they, are they uh, excited about it? I would think they are. I mean, it's scary, but exciting. Yeah, they're excited, and, and they're college students, so they're also <laughs> very anxious. <laughs> and it's my job as the director to, to calm them down and let them know that, you know, everything is good. You know, just yesterday we were at two weeks of just blocking the show and the entire show was blocked and they know all of the music, but they're, they're still so nervous. And, and I had to sit them down and I'm like, guys, it's been two weeks and you've done all of this. You've learned all of your lines. You learned all of this music. You learned all of this movement. It's, it's a really movement heavy piece. I'm a movement heavy director. Mm. There's a lot of choreography and it's only been two weeks on top of schoolwork. And yeah, so it's it's been a great experience for them, and I I can't wait for the community to, to see what they've what they've created. And in the style of the production, when you have that much changing of character going on and that much storyline, you know, being offered, how does that affect the design of the show, costuming, sets, lights? What what kind of style are you working with? What what does it look like and feel like? Well, costumes they went above and beyond, I believe, uh, because the characters do. The actors change a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they go in and out of costumes. And it's a great piece for me because, again, I am big on movement in my direction. So there's a, a lot of movement within the piece. And the set by Will Neward is incredible, as always. So it, it really allows for movement and flow of the piece in, in such an incredible way. Oh, and you mentioned that there were two children, I believe, involved in the production. Are they from the community? Yes, yes. Casey Rawls and LaVeya Rochester, she's, they are both incredible, incredible young talent, one nine and one ten, and they play the role of Jessa in the play. They also oh. sing beautifully, and they're doing such a, a wonderful job. And LaVeya, this is her first time performing oh, wow. on stage, and she, she seems like a, a professional already. What a wonderful opportunity for them as well, though. Mm-hmm. That's got to be great. And 
I was struck when we were talking a little bit at the break, um, and we were talking again about kind of the sense of the peace. Uh, we're meeting all these people who were well into the Civil War. I'm sure there's a sense of, of yearning for what comes after or resolution or... I'm sure everyone's yearning for something different. You mentioned the, the image that for you was the idea of hope and redemption. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Why, why does it feel like that to you? Um, because the, the characters are faced with choices, and, and they're, they're tough. They're tough choices. And some of them, you know, it goes from a very, very serious choice, you know, on a battlefield, to, uh, you know, to choices of, like, well, what do you do if, if you know, one person orders a, a product and another person gets there and gets it before you? You know, what happens? And so it's all down to these choices, and then when the choices, when they're faced with these hard choices, what they choose is they go out of their way to do what appears to be the right thing at the right time, and, and it is. And even down to, you know, going out in the middle of a wicked cold night because they need to help somebody is, you know, it's one thing when you go out in a wicked cold night and you've got your jacket on that's, you know, made, made with, you know, loft and it breaks the wind and everything. They didn't have clothes like that back then. So, you know, to go out in wicked cold is, it's tough, you know, when you're in your cloth coat. So, um, so all those choices and that, you know, that they're just going one step further. And how different the world would be if everybody just went one step further. It's interesting, given um, given that we, we've just come out of election season, it reminds me of a Rebecca Solnit, the writer who talks about the idea of hope not being a passive thing that you wait for or that it's some kind of cute Hallmark card idea, but that hope is actually an active choice. Absolutely. Um, and yep. it's a kind of investment or a faith in the future that you just have to make because it's just what you have to do. Well, it's what you have to do because it's not all about you, right? Yep. It's about the next generation. Right. So if you have hope and you instill hope in those around you, then they have a reason to live because they're going to live much, you know, past where you're going to live, most it, of them. It's you know? interesting, too, to, to find this moment in the, the Civil War because, in a sense, that was a very difficult and dark and potentially not hope-filled moment for all for the folks that lived through it. No one knew what was going to come out the other side of it all. Um so it's, I think it's fascinating that Vogel kind of chose that moment in our history to offer us examples of hope and redemption. And Absolutely. she also tells the, the other side of the story as mm-hmm. well, because we, we end in a place of hope and we begin in the place of hope. But she wasn't shy about actually talking about what happened. You know, it was a very dark time in history especially for African-Americans who, you know, who had to deal with enslavement and, and being enslaved. And she doesn't shy away from certain things. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was really important for me to direct this show, just so I could be there to protect, you know, all of the students, but especially the children, the students of color, mm-hmm. because it's, it's really, it's a really difficult thing for them. And it's, it can be traumatic, you know, so I wanted to make sure that each and every day when we walk into the room that I was bringing a positive attitude and a positive mindset. And even when we had to dive into these darker parts of the story, mm-hmm. that everyone could feel free at the end of the day to, to not have to carry so much weight. Because it is, it is a heavy show, but it does 
begin and end in a place of hope and joy. I would think it wouldn't be well-earned hope and joy if it didn't, wasn't honest in that way. So, yeah. You talked, Paris, about the students, you know, for you coming into the rehearsal room, being with the students, kind of the way the students see the world and their worldview, um, and that energy for you, for some of them, and, and maybe for some of the students not of color, etc., has sitting with this history for them been surprising to them in ways that you may have observed? Or do you think any of it feels like, um, I don't know, a discovery of a different way of looking at things for them? What, what's that journey been like for everyone? Well, definitely. I, I think it is a moment where they have to learn how to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. because this is, this is an uncomfortable piece. And there are moments within the rehearsal, especially, again, during the darker, the darker moments of the play, where the students are uncomfortable. And, you know, I have to, to teach them, you know, sometimes, especially as an artist, you have to learn to be able to sit in that. You know, we can't live our entire lives in a comfortable position. Mm-hmm. We would love to, but that's, that's not reality, you know. So I think uh, a big takeaway for them is they are learning how to to go into these darker moments, deal with it, talk about it, and then come out on the other end a better person. It's interesting. It's kind of a microcosm of what sounds like what Vogel's doing with that moment in our history, too, in a sense. And the music, do all of the, I'm just, this is just a curious thing, do all the students or all the cast sing? Is it mostly vocal or not? I mean, does it interact with the scenes in in ways that are yes, unusual? Yes, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, the entire cast sings, mm-hmm. including the, the children. Okay. Um, and it's also important to note that this is a play with music, and it's not a musical per right, se. Those, right. Uh, two different things, but yeah. all of the music it, it, it interweaves within the the different scenes. There are seventy five scenes in this play. <laughs> wow. Seventy five. So, and there's a lot of music, but the, she, Paula Vogel does a really good job of. <laughs> Fixing the music in when we need it, mm-hmm. because again, it, it, it can be heavy. So she she brings us out of that with with a beautiful uh, hymn or Christmas carol or spiritual, and and really beautiful ways. And again, for our listeners, this is uh, at the Labuda Center for the Performing Arts, Act One Performing Arts at Jasales University out in Center Valley, and it is running November thirty. Through December 11th, with the stream pre-recorded performance on Saturday, December 10th. The website, tickets are at tickets.desales.edu, info at desales.edu slash act one. We're almost out of time, sadly, but Paris, what do you want people to walk out of the theater feeling that night? Well, my hope is that everyone walks out of the theater uh, feeling hopeful and feeling proud of the work they, that they've just watched. And the biggest thing is I want them to walk out seeing how incredible these students are because we haven't even mentioned Jasmine Bright, who was choreographing an and African dance within the piece. Mm-hmm. There's also student musicians, mm-hmm. uh, all the students who are singing. It's a lot of work, and the, the students are on the design team. DeSales is doing an incredible job with these students. That's the biggest thing. I want the audience to walk out and just say, wow, these are young folks who are putting on a show like this. On that note, thank you, Paris and Anne. Thank you for offering the community and the students such 
powerful, exciting, and important work. Thank you. Thank you. And we appreciate it. It was wonderful talking with you. And, and listeners, we encourage you again to sales.edu slash act one, tickets.tosales.edu. And thank you, listeners, for joining all of us here in the Arts Salon tonight. You can find past episodes of the Arts Salon and our other public affairs programming at WDIY.org, on the WDIY phone app, and, of course, on major podcast platforms. I'm Kate Scuffle. This is WDIY 88.1 FM, and I look forward to joining you again soon here in the Arts Salon. (laughs) 